China is rapidly making the world a different place, and it is becoming a more dangerous global power. In what ways is this happening? That is our focus in this episode of Foreshadows Report. This is Steve Miller. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we learn how we can keep watch and find hope as we grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy. In this episode, we're going to continue our look at China and explore some of the stunning ways it is becoming a greater global threat. In the previous episode, we looked at where China is today and the direction it is going. This direction is now becoming more defined than ever because the Chinese Communist Party just had its 20th National Congress, an event that takes place every five years. And President Xi has been confirmed for an unprecedented third term. Back in 2018, Xi persuaded the party leadership to remove term limits from the Constitution, and this was done to strengthen the party's authority over China. So it's very likely that Xi is now set to be dictator for life. During the Congress, we saw the Chinese Communist Party's great reverence for Xi, one way that his leadership had differed from that of those who preceded him is that he puts the Communist Party's ideology above all else. Xi's governing style is that loyalty to the party and its ideology must be absolute, and the party's ideology should dictate how the country is run. This makes the party the supreme authority in every possible way in China. And this, in turn, has enabled the party and Xi to be more totalitarian than ever. From the time Xi became president in 2012, he has implemented policies and programs designed to step up the Chinese Communist Party's power. That's what we're going to look at in this episode. Some of the ways that China has become more authoritarian and more dangerous, and the impact it's having all around the world. There are many reasons that China is rapidly achieving global dominance, but for the sake of time and focus, we're going to look at just five of them. First, China has the most advanced surveillance system in the world. Between the hundreds of millions of surveillance cameras that use artificial intelligence and China's strict policing of the internet, as well as its social credit system, the government is able to exercise very tight control over all its people. The bad news is that these cutting-edge surveillance systems are being exported to other dictators around the world so that they, too, can firm up their power over their people and crush dissenters. China is fine-tuning the art of digital repression. Now, we know from the Bible that there will come a time when the Antichrist will become a one-world ruler. And to enforce his rule, he will need the ultimate in surveillance technology. So we shouldn't be the least bit surprised if China's surveillance technology paves the way for the Antichrist to set up what will be the ultimate form of oppression through surveillance. Second, China has been methodically redrawing the map all across Southeast Asia and the South China Sea. It has been encroaching on disputed boundaries both on land and water. It has cracked down on freedom in Hong Kong, and it has asserted that Taiwan needs to be reunited with the mainland. 
At the 20th Party Congress, President Xi said, We will continue to strive for peaceful reunification with the greatest sincerity and the utmost effort, but we will never promise to renounce the use of force, and we reserve the option of taking all measures necessary. The complete reunification of the nation absolutely must be realized, and it absolutely can be realized. In the South China Sea, Chinese military and commercial vessels have expanded their boundaries, violating the territorial waters around Japan, the Philippines, Vietnam, and several other Southeast Asian countries. China has built military bases on distant islands all across the Indo-Pacific and has made security agreements with some islands that allow a Chinese military presence on them. This makes all the other Southeast Asian nations, and even Australia, Guam, and the Hawaiian Islands, all more vulnerable to Chinese military attacks. Third is China's Belt and Road Initiative, or BRI. Low-income countries that cannot afford to build railroads, highways, airports, harbors, power grids, and high-tech networks are offered attractive loans from the government of China. These loans are used to carry out major infrastructure projects. The catch is that a lot of the labor and all the resources for these projects must come from China. And because the technology is all from China, the countries that take part in BRI become locked into using Chinese technology, which sets the standard for all the technology used everywhere else in these countries. This puts China in a very powerful position in all these nations. President Xi calls BRI the project of the century, and nearly 150 countries worldwide have signed agreements of one kind or another with BRI. This, in turn, makes it natural for these countries to build trade and investment ties with China. That includes virtually all of the 50-plus nations in Africa, 20 countries in Latin America, and 35 countries in Europe and Central Asia. BRI has also allowed China to acquire ownership of all or part of more than 100 seaports in 63 countries. Just a few days ago, China bought a nearly one-fourth interest in a major seaport terminal in Germany. While these seaports are used for commercial trade, because of ownership rights, they could potentially serve as footholds for China's military. What's also interesting is that while China owns ports in many countries, other countries are not allowed to own ports in China. Fourth is China's expansion of strong ties with other countries in Asia, the Middle East, Africa, and South America. You may be aware that in February 2022, President Putin of Russia and President Xi of China agreed to a no-limits partnership that translates to extremely close ties between the two countries. China is also part of BRICS, or B-R-I-C-S, which stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. This is a very powerful alliance in which these countries have strong trade and economic ties. And right now, BRICS is creating a bank network system that allows these countries to break free of U.S. dollar dominance and Western economic clout. China is also part of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, which has 10 members. Together, all of these nations rank China as their top trade partner, and China is also working to secure membership in the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, 
which would make China the most dominant economic member in that partnership. Also, just this week, a news report announced that Saudi Arabia is strengthening its trade ties with China, and China is now Saudi Arabia's biggest oil buyer. One Chinese expert recently said that China can even use Saudi Arabia as a bridgehead to the Islamic world, to West Asia, and North Africa, among others, because Saudi Arabia does have significant influence in these countries. The same expert said that China is very careful in its relations with Saudi Arabia, whereas the U.S. is said to have been careless and disrespectful. So in the same way that we've seen Russia building strong ties with all the Muslim countries in the Middle East, we're seeing China do this too. Ultimately, what we're seeing happen is all the countries in Asia forging stronger alliances between each other, with the biggest being the alliance between Russia and China. Together, they are becoming a very powerful bloc that is able to oppose and diminish the Western world's influence in global affairs. And fifth, there is China's goal of attaining military superiority. One of President Xi's greater ambitions has been to build the world's most powerful military. The Chinese Navy now has more ships than the U.S. Navy, and Xi is currently working to triple or even quadruple the number of nuclear weapons China has. China has already successfully tested hypersonic missiles, missiles that fly as much as 10 times the speed of sound and can evade radar because they can fly closer to the ground than other missiles. And China is also seeking to use artificial intelligence and satellite technology to gain advantages over opposing military forces. China still has a ways to go to close the gap with the U.S., but what it has accomplished so far in such a short amount of time is remarkable. I've covered only five reasons. These don't include the fact China has 50 police stations in 30 different countries that keep an eye on Chinese nationals in those countries. These police stations have sent more than 200,000 Chinese citizens back to China for criminal prosecution. I haven't included the fact that many countries in the world depend heavily on China for medicines and other vital products. And if the supply chains were to be cut off, there would be all kinds of serious shortages everywhere. There's more I could include, but let's return to the big picture. Back in 2021, the Chinese Communist Party said that President Xi had brought China closer to the center of the world stage than it has ever been. And we've seen confirmation of that in the five examples I just gave of how China has increased its influence and power worldwide. At the Chinese Communist Party Congress just a couple weeks ago, Xi made an interesting statement in a speech to his fellow party member, he warned that big challenges are ahead. He said, We must be ready to withstand high winds, choppy waters, and even dangerous storms. He then said, Confronted with drastic changes in the international landscape, especially external attempts to blackmail, contain, and blockade China, we have to put our national interests first. She also said, we will resolutely safeguard the security of China's state power, systems, and ideology, and build up security capacity in key areas. We will crack down hard on infiltration, sabotage, subversion, and separatist activities by hostile forces. All of this strongly hints that President Xi is ready to shift his focus. 
having secured his grip on China itself over the past 10 years, and having filled his innermost leadership circles entirely with loyalists, he can now turn his attention from domestic matters and pour his energies into strengthening China's global influence. His strategy is to show the world that China's model of socialist government should be followed everywhere. Going back to what she said about high winds, choppy waters, and dangerous storms, this seems to be Xi's way of warning that China may soon end up in confrontations with other countries, including military conflicts and war. A former assistant secretary of state for East Asian and Pacific Affairs summed it up this way, Xi's emphasis on national security and comprehensive security is striking. This is the shape of things to come in his third term. It's a construct that justifies his continued rule and that the party uses to require a loyalty and sacrifice by Chinese citizens. Now what does all of this mean from a prophetic standpoint? Bible prophecy says extremely little, if anything, about China. What we do know from Revelation 16.12 is that near the end of the tribulation, the Euphrates River will dry up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Verse 14 then tells us that these kings from the east will be part of a gathering of the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. That is a reference to Armageddon. So it appears that China will be among the nations from the east that sends forces to join the Antichrist armies in a war meant to destroy Israel. And as we know from Revelation 19, all of the Antichrist forces will be defeated instantly at Christ's return. The fact that so little or nothing substantial is said about China in Bible prophecy, along with the fact that the Antichrist will arise in Europe, seems to indicate China may very well become a weak country by the time of the tribulation. There are many prophecy experts who say that the absence of the U.S. in Bible prophecy seems to indicate that during the end time, the U.S. will become an insignificant player globally. And given what little is said of China, that could be true of China as well. I say that for two reasons. One, China's economy is very vulnerable to collapse. Its real estate market has seen record losses because banks overextended themselves and are hopelessly mired in debt. And Xi's zero-COVID policy has shut down entire cities of millions of people, which has greatly damaged the economy. And two, when a country is ruled by one man, it's much more likely to make devastating mistakes. There's no discussion or debate that looks at all the sides of an issue to come to the best conclusion. Instead, one man decides everything, and that makes it much easier for a country to inflict damage upon itself. We've seen that happen with Putin in his war against Ukraine. Putin made the decision to go to war, and he's gotten bogged down because he underestimated what he was up against. He has lost tens of thousands of soldiers in an amazing amount of military hardware. And now he's relying on help from Iran in an effort to turn the tide of the war. So it's possible that in time, one man rule in China, whether it is Xi or someone else, will lead to the collapse of China. In wrapping up our look at China, I want to say this. Many of China's people secretly do not agree with their totalitarian government. Many are everyday individuals who just want to make a living and get by day to day. So we shouldn't view them as our enemies. There is also a large underground church in China, and we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who face opposition from their government. 
We need to pray that they can remain strong and faithful in the face of persecution. And we need to pray for unbelievers who are desperately searching for hope in a dark and atheistic nation and who are hungering for what only Christ can offer them. So any time that we are reminded of how the Chinese government is reshaping the world stage, we need to remember the many people in China who are in need of our prayer. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Foreshadows Report with our look at China. My prayer is that you found this two-part series informative. And if you're interested in receiving my daily updates on social media, you can find Foreshadows Report available on Telegram Messenger channel. All through the week, I share news clips about what is taking place around the world, and I also provide encouragement from the Bible and great Christian writer. To find out more, go to my website, stevemillerresources.com, and look for where you can sign up for Foreshadows Report on Telegram Messenger channel. In closing, I want to express my appreciation for Harvest House Publishers, which has made this podcast possible. And thank you very much for listening. Listening.